Welcome to episode 13 of the Syndemic Nerds podcast. We're going to start doing a review show once a month on top of our normal episode schedule because we want to start reviewing the newer films that are coming out. So it's going to be a backlog of each month. So we're kicking off with what came out in December, which consists of the Blu-ray release of Tenet, the Netflix release of Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, and the Disney Plus release of Soul. A one, a two, a you-know-what-to-do. This would be an empty world without the blues. I try to take that emptiness and fill it up with something. But they want to call me Mother Blues, that's all right with me. It don't hurt none. for you is the word tenant it'll open the right doors some of the wrong ones too Sorry, I zoned out a little back there. <laughs> yes! Woohoo! You see that, Dan? That's what I'm talking about! Look up, look up. You know what that's gonna say? Joe Gardner! <laughs> You're never gonna believe what just happened. I did it! I got the gig! We're back on the Syndemic Nerds podcast. Um, today, Lewis and I, we've got a guest with us, Scott from the Spy Hards podcast. Could you give us a little bit of info on your podcast that you do? Well, it's need to know. I couldn't. <laughs> I'm, kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, yeah, so, well, yeah. Uh, well, I'm Agent Scott from the Spy Hards podcast. Basically, we are a weekly spy movie podcast and we just tackle the best and worst of spy movies to decipher if they make our knock list is what we're calling it, which is basically the, uh, the, the classics of spy movies. And so we've picked a few. We've done 21 films so far. About six have made the list. So... We're quite specific on our tastes. Nice. But that's it, basically. If, if it's a really horrible film, we just take the mickey out of it. Yeah, that, def- <laughs> that definitely um, happens on our podcast about certain films sometimes. Normally ones that Lewis picks, but there you go. I don't know. <laughs> I've always picked classics. <laughs> just um, to kick us off then, because this is our first show of the new year, um, mm-hmm. We're just going to go over a few of our favourites from 2020. I know there wasn't a great deal, but there was still some decent films that came out um scott were there any that stood out for you last year i, I could think of a few duds i'm not sure i could think of a few hits oh, that's fine yeah give us your duds as well yeah studs, yeah. um i mean I, in terms of the hit and I'm, I'm sure we'll get to it which would be tenet um mm-hmm. a big fan of that one i'll leave that and we'll carry that on later but for me some of the big misses were like birds of prey oh interesting that, yeah i, I so, i'm a I'm a DC. I like DC. I'm not one of those like Marvel fanboys or anything like that. But I feel like compared to Suicide Squad, it just missed the mark. Very interesting because Suicide Squad's, in my opinion, isn't a great film. Oh, it's not. But I'm, I, oh, it's, okay. it's, it's not better than Suicide Squad. Ah, uh, really? You don't think? Oh. <laughs> See, I like Birds of Prey. 
I like the I like the Harley Quinn character and, and Margot Robbie yeah. in my book can do almost no wrong. I mean, you look at her in um, what was the Tarantino film? What, Once, Once upon, upon a time. time. Yeah. Yeah. Great in that. But um, just in this, it just felt like she was sort of going through the motions and all the other birds of prey were just like tertiary characters. And it just felt like it it didn't deserve its time on the screen. And it was meant to be like this musical um, action hero film originally when it was pitched. Yeah, and, uh, right. yeah, and it had all these like songs that they recorded for it, and none of it saw the light of day. And I, I want to see that original film. What we got, not a fan. See, I I thought it was a I thought it was a decent film. It's number like ten in my little list that I do every year, and mm-hmm. so it's not like spectacular. But for me, I managed just to go in with some popcorn and some drink, and I just managed to enjoy it. But I walked into it thinking uh, like the film was a kind of Tarantino esque version of a comic book film just the way the story kind of you know separates and these characters how they come together i just i just thought it was a colorful action little vibrant romp but that's just me yeah um i can see like it was up your street lewis um i'm more on the side of not being a fan of birds of prey um suicide squad i had a bit i i found it a bit of a guilty pleasure if i'm honest because it got a lot of heat but i enjoyed it yeah birds of prey just didn't um, you know, yeah, she is a good character, Harley Quinn. I, I just don't know; it just didn't work for me. I was a little bit disinterested by the end of it, so that would be in my disappointing pile. Um, moving away from the superhero films, um, one of the which I thought was one of the better films from last year, Parasite. Did either of you guys see that? Oh Not yeah, I, I didn't even think to to mention Parasite. I kind of took that as a 2019 film in my head, but uh... oh, it came out 20 yeah January yeah, I think. I, I think it's sort of like in the states it might come out a little bit earlier, but yeah, for us it came out uh, start of 2020. Doesn't it just feel crazy. like so long ago? Yeah, yeah no. that's the thing. Yeah, that's it really it, where where not a lot came out. I mean, some of my ones that I would have put in the top ten, they um they did come out to start. I mean, Jojo Rabbit, for instance, came, oh my came God, out. Hasn't... Um, yeah. in 2019 but it came out in uh, 2020 here so and right. don't forget about 1917 as well which is one of my personal favorites that came out in 2020 as well see i started this off saying i can't think of any good ones but you've just listed three really good ones <laughs> <laughs> um, parasite i do need to watch i've heard great things it's just yeah it's one it's of those so... films where i just can't get into the mindset to watch right it's really i i saw it later than a lot of people probably did and i thought oh, it's going to be another one of those that gets all of the oscar buzz and it's really overhyped and i'll end up not enjoying it and then i watched it and i i loved it and it probably was the best film i watched last year i know there wasn't a lot that came out yeah but, um it's genuinely it's just yeah it's well done i mean it's sort of a black comedy mm-hmm. um yeah it was great work and it definitely did deserved you say that's your, is that your number one yeah that, that'd be my number one i think without a doubt um I said there's some there's a couple of other good ones. I quite liked Invisible Man as well. Um, I was going to say because I think me and Scott have the same number one pick. I think in Tenet is that right? I I would say so. I, I probably the most yeah. interesting film I saw this yeah. year. But I I me, do I, I do want to say Parasite though. I mean I, yeah. I I go on record to say that I I tend to struggle with subtitle films. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, just because I, I like to pay attention to the cinematography and what's going on on screen so sort of taking my yeah. vision away with looking at the words um, so I was hesitant to go into it but I went to the World and I watched it and I have to say it, it's a fantastic bit of, of film maybe that should be my film for this weekend Rich 
Yeah, I mean, like Maybe. definitely put it on when you're sort of in the mood for it. Yeah. It's not when it's not when you can just flick on, you no. know. You've got to really be um, you've got to be in the mindset for it. But if you are, then you'll you'll yeah. love it. It's not a but passive my, watch. Uh, my close second film was The Invisible Man, like you say, because I love that film. It's so tense, so like edge on your seat, like brilliant. Yeah, I, I did find that one. Um, yeah. I did find that one pretty jumpy, actually. And finally, because we're going to be moving on to another Pixar one as well. Did either of you guys see uh, Onward, which came out pretty early on, actually? Oh last yeah, year. I didn't uh, catch I that was, one. I wasn't a fan of it. Did you not like it? Oh, so I really liked it, like the fantasy element to it, and you know, the different world. I thought it was quite a good bit of fun and a bit like some of your older Disney. Yeah. No, I, I just, I don't know. I just couldn't. Uh, no, I just thought, I thought, I felt I've watched it before. But I yeah, haven't. I mean, mm-hmm. I know what you mean. Yeah. Cause it does follow that similar sort of um, formula for that kind yeah. of film, if you get but me. But whereas the other Pixar film that we're going to be talking about, I felt like I'd never seen this kind of, you know, on the screen before. Did either of you catch the Trial of the Chicago Seven on Netflix? Yes. I've not. No. That's a good one. I'm a big Aaron Sorkin guy, and uh, yeah, anything he yeah. does is great. That also made my top ten actually last year. Um, yeah, I thought that was really well done. Um, I've quite liked. I thought Sasha Baron Cohen did quite a good job acting wise in that as well. He always surprises me. That guy. At first mention, you think of him in like sort of silly roles, and he obviously does add a comedic element to this one. But still, his acting skills are top notch. Yeah. Right. So, should we move on to one of our reviews? from the December releases and obviously there wasn't a great deal. Should we start with Soul or Tenet? Scott, I'll give you, as you are, give you the call. I'd say save the best for last maybe, so I'll say we'll go with Soul first. Again, it was supposed to come out in the summer and got pushed back and pushed back. Finally came out. Um, So, yeah, what did you think of Soul, Scott? I, I, I wrote my thoughts down on it and I sent it to someone else who did a review on this part on, on this film but basically i just felt like it was a poor man's inside out okay but really, really a fan then no not particularly i i wanted to like it and you know as a story i really like these sort of um pixar movies that really delve into the psyche and and try and illustrate it in, in interesting ways and the way it dealt with the afterlife and the soul itself i thought was really interesting to watch and to, to sort yeah. of explore but i just felt like it didn't like, I feel like uh, Pixar movies have this sort of crescendo a lot of the time or this big moment that like pulls on the heartstrings. You think of like Up at the beginning, stuff like that. And that, this film didn't do it. Yeah, so um, Lewis, I mean, obviously, as a as an opposite view, what did you think of Soul? Well, I kind of understand what um, Scott is saying, though, because uh, I'm trying not to spoil the film in a way because I didn't... I genuinely didn't think it was going to happen where if i said to you uh, a the main character and a cat is involved i didn't see that happening halfway through the film mm-hmm. i don't know whether or not that's because i'd not seen any trailers for this i was expecting a inside out element where you're just permanently in soul form and like traversing i don't know soul territory yeah i know I know what you mean there. I think I, I kind of expected that. Yeah. So, so the, I, the cat was I, a shock to me. Yeah, exactly. The cat, and I was like, okay, it it kind of got a little bit silly. 
And it took me the second rewatch to kind of understand that because the first rewatch, I, I loved the film and I thought it was great. But the second rewatch did kind of make me go lower in my expectations a little bit and kind of realize actually this film, I think one of the flaws of this film is that who's it for? Yeah. Cause it's not a kid's that. film. No, <laughs> and it's not, it's an, it's an adult film. And don't get me wrong, I love the I love the style of it because I'm a big fan of um, video games and there's certain types of video games like Journey and kind mm-hmm. of these artistic video games which the film looked like. And I kind of wish they just carried it on. But saying that, I loved how the characters were portrayed. I loved the music. I loved the artwork and the kind of overall direction of the film. It's just the story for me was just a bit lacking in what I wanted to see. made my top 10 list. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, the thing is, top 10 list, you're going to have some that aren't, that wouldn't yeah. have been in there normally. I, think I had the... it as like my third favourite Pixar film at some point, and then after the second rewatch, it kind of went down to my like fourth or fifth. So, right. It's, it's almost like you want to be in that sort of the Richard Iodi section yes. for a lot yeah, longer. You just, want that, you just want that entire thing to, you know, sum up the film. Or to yeah. be the film, yeah, and it, it, but like you say, as soon as you get back to the cat and sort of Tina Fey's character of twenty two, um, yeah, coming back, you just there's no emotional pull of his death because he's yeah, he's, I, he's I, didn't, I didn't tear up in this film. <laughs> no, not that you should have to tear up for every film for Pixar. No, but it, it always, like every good Pixar film I've seen, I've teared up. Yeah, I'd say I, I think that's. Yeah, Toy Story, it's got yeah. that emotional kind of aspect to it, but yeah, it's just I don't understand who this film's for. It's for like middle-aged men, in my opinion. But <laughs> yeah, don't I just uh, talking about me like that. <laughs> I get. Um, I I think both of you make good points there. Um, for me, when I watched it, uh, I've only seen it at once. I think I, I still like to give it a rewatch now. I know what I'm getting. Um, yeah, it wasn't really a christmas day film for me because i it was quite it went quite deep um i know some pixar films are like that like you said inside out and i like that as well nobody wants to question their life choices when you just nailed the whole box of celebrations <laughs> yeah that's it and um yeah maybe i wasn't overly in the mood for it at the point that i watched it but um no i appreciate it and it was well it looked good um i'm not a massive jazz fan but I, I appreciate that they had that in there for the um you know obviously the story element of what he was doing but yeah i um you guys have definitely nailed it there i think with um certain aspects i think because in america they were lucky they had the choice of either soul or wonder woman 84 as they're like streaming christmas day film mm-hmm. right and i think i would have rather watched wonder woman 84 yeah, I mean, even though it's not had great reviews, I think that's more the type of thing, you know, you're not going to have to think too much on it. It's just, yeah, you know... That's a film that you can, you know, devour your box of celebrations and watch. Yeah, but it's sold, so- I mean... And being so- in, like, you know, isolation and whatever at Christmas time, you don't you want a film that's going to kind of cheer you up a bit. And although it had, a good, it had some good messages in it, there were still parts of it that were quite... Um, well, border and depressing, really. <laughs> well, that's one of the main yeah. messages of the film. It's like it's it's important to connect with people, and yeah. everyone everyone's Christmas got basically ruined in this country. Yeah. Yep. I did exactly. like though that there's I think a meme going around or like some information 
that you know when they made when Pixar made Toy Story, all the characters that were human were um, designed from Andy's like structure because they just didn't know how to design human characters. Right. And then you look at how far they've come on. Every single character in this film has you know different curves, different kind of wrinkles, different ages. Uh, it just goes to show how far they've come. Yeah, I um, although I like Soul, I think it's slightly overrated from what I've been hearing critics. A lot of people on Twitter were saying I'd have this as my favourite Pixar film, and I think when you think of the legacy of films like your Toy Stories, Monsters Inc., Incredibles, even I don't think like they're they're up there in my personal favourites. I know everyone's entitled to their opinion, but I just think it's quite early days to be saying that Soul is your favourite Pixar film when there's so many to choose from. Just out of interest, what would you say is your favourite Pixar film, Scott? It's a tough question to pick my favourite Pixar film. It is tough. It's, it's yeah. one of the hardest film questions, I think, because like I said, there's what's, so many good the, ones. What's the first film that comes into your mind when we say favourite Pixar film? When you said it, my mind immediately went to Toy Story 1. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there, there's, there's, there's maybe better films, but I, because that film came out at a particular time, I think I, I don't know what year it came yeah. out, 95 maybe, something like that. Yeah, I think you've. I think it's you're right. Yeah. Um. So I would have been eight. Perfect target audience. Yeah. Yeah, I get you. Because it's the first one. I think a lot of people go back to that as well. Like it was. It was groundbreaking when it came out, wasn't it? Toy Story. There wasn't anything like it before. Mm. So um. Oh, I mean, for me, yeah, Toy Story is up there. Like oh, oh, the first three are, um, definitely I can always go back to um. I love Monsters, Inc. Uh, I love, um, like I said, I love Incredibles. Up, I think, is a really good one. I think that's mm-hmm. just whoever thought that up, that idea of, you know, an old guy sticking balloons on his house. It sounds ridiculous on paper, but it just looked, it was a great film. Yeah. Um, what about you, Lewis? What are some of your favourites for Pixar? I mean, I'm not a massive fan of Pixar, but I've got at least like a top, you know, selection. But my personal favourite is Coco. That's another really good one, actually. I um, that's one of the Coco, better ones in the like, last few years. I, think. I like the vibrancy of it. I like that kind of Spanish Mexican culture as well. So it, it just you know it it was just a story that could kind of you know reach to me. I, I'd say that Coco was probably their most visually interesting film. Mm-hmm. Definitely, and that's what I just liked about it. I think it's Jiffin as well because I didn't watch it in the cinemas. And it was a film that I really wanted to watch and just never got round to it until like, I think a year ago, it was like Christmas where I just was like, oh, I'll put it on. And I ended up just loving it. Yeah, I think that actually was on Christmas Day on TV and I was watching yeah. a bit of that. And I looking in hindsight, I wish I'd stuck with that and not watch Soul in a way because, <laughs> uh, you know. It's just um, more fun. It's yeah. just one of their. Anyway, we'll move on for Pixar because I imagine we'll probably do a Pixar episode somewhere down the road. Should we move on to the next one? Because I know you guys are both dying to talk about this because Lewis has been bugging me about it for about six months. Since um, I saw it. <laughs> but again, we'll, um, we'll you wait that little bit longer because we'll let our guests talk about it first. Stop, though. Did you watch this one in the cinema? I, I did brave the cinema. Uh, it, it, was, cool. it came out at the exact moment where the, the restrictions were lowered and my cinema yeah, reopened. Right, yeah. So I, I went there in basically a, like, you know, as suits you clean houses in. Like the paper yeah. outfits, so it looked like a spaceman. But uh, <laughs> hey, I got to, and there was no one else in there. It was like a 10 a.m. showing, but I did manage nice. to see it. Yes. Yeah. All right. That's that's good. That's a positive. And that film is Tenet, 
Uh, so yeah, it came out on Blu-ray uh, just before Christmas, and I was lucky to get it as a present because I didn't get it to see it at the cinema. That's right, yeah. Um, so I'd heard a lot of different. I'd heard mixed reviews about it, to be honest. So I went in. I guess I went in with low expectations in the end. Um, but first, Scott, what did you think of Tenet when you saw it at the cinema? It's a weird one because if you're comparing it to other Christopher Nolan films, I'm not a big fan. Mm-hmm. As a spy slash time travel story, I found it to be quite interesting. Maybe a bit frustrating at times, but overall, like quite the spectacle to watch. Uh, definitely a, a, a cinema film. So for those who didn't get the chance to see it in the cinema, I, I kind of feel bad for that in, in that sense. Yeah, oh, I'm exactly the same. But um, like overall, I enjoyed it. I mean, we, we'll be covering um, ten in, in a couple of months, actually, I think. Um, and we'll be going into more in depth. But overall, it, it was an interesting story, I think, bogged down by some bad sound editing and, interesting. and a convoluted story. Maybe slightly too convoluted. Okay. Right. What do you guys think? I've only seen it once. I can see why people might have struggled with, uh, you know, hearing what they were saying because I did have the volume like point right up. Um, Mm -hmm. And like I said, I went in with like relatively low expectations for this one because you might hate on me if you're a Nolan fan, but I didn't love the last sort of few films he'd done um, in Interstellar and um dunkirk but maybe that's for another time because i don't want to get battered at the moment so back to tenor um i um in, i enjoyed this like i thought it was going to be quite complicated i was prepared for certain aspects of that and it did i did i did get it you know in the end and i thought mm-hmm. it was cl- i thought it was clever like and it was something different and that's why i liked it i think it was um it was bizarre and kind of trippy in bits. But once I got my head around that, I, I respected it for trying something new um, because it's all too easy to just go with the same formula. And I will credit Nolan with that. I think he does try like new things. So, um, but yeah, overall enjoyed it. I quite like, um, it's John David Washington, isn't it? Yeah. 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 yeah quite, quite like him as an actor. He was really good in Black Klansman as well. Um, Robert Pattinson, I actually think, although he did, I think people still sort of remember him for Twilight. He he is actually quite a good actor, and he's done a few good films since then. So I think he's starting to forge a career for himself, even though he's been around for a good fifteen years or so. Um, so yeah, I thought they were both good. Um, Kenneth Branagh was pretty, he's a pretty nasty villain in it, really. A little bit long maybe, but that's like the age-old problem nowadays. I think a lot of films kind of run slightly too long but other than that I, yeah I, I say i enjoyed it um it's one i definitely want to revisit um because i'll probably pick up on other bits i didn't see the first time around because it was quite a lot to take in really and i imagine in the cinema that would be even more difficult to like take in maybe because it's such a spectacle um what did you think lewis well i'm very fortunate as well that i saw this in the cinema i managed to see this twice in the cinema right uh the first time i watched it i agree when you both were saying about the sound editing that it was a bit kind of like what they say what he say <laughs> he's just given he's just said something very important and i couldn't understand him because you got that playing in the background <laughs> but then the second time i watched it 
I really liked the sound editing. <laughs> and I think that's because I was ready for it. Right. I was kind of going, right, I remember I got to try and pick out what they said because I didn't understand what they said last time and, you know, elements of that. Uh, but I, I personally think this film's great. It's Christopher Nolan doing a Bond film, mm-hmm. but not doing a Bond film. I think John David Washington should be the next Bond because of this film. Um, I think the action set pieces and the practical effects of the film are outstanding. Uh, especially the heist scene when they're, you know, they're stealing an artifact from mid motorway and they're using a fire engine and other cars to kind of, you know, you get a sense that that was all done practical when it shows. I was on the edge of my seat when that was playing and I'm a big fan of Travis Scott. So when his little music, his little songs playing in the background of the um, soundtrack as well, I was just a huge fan of that. But the only slight couple of things I have with this film that I think are a bit negative is the the pacing of this film for me is just way way all over the place. Like you constantly have this great action scene which then has them just walking down a street for a long period of time, which then goes into another great action scene, which then drives and they're just having a chat round a table. It's just really, I don't know, for me, do, does anyone else agree that the pacing was just slightly off or was it just me? What did, what did you think, Scott, of the pacing? I don't think the pacing particularly jumped out to me, but that is more because I think this film falls into the category of a lot of action films these days. And you've only got to look yeah. at the Christopher McQuarrie, like a Mission Impossible film. So he, he recently did an interview where he said he filmed his, his action films where like there's a set piece and then a calm down, a set piece and a calm down. And they're little yeah. mini movies within a movie. Right. Yeah. And that seems to be their focus now with these big blockbuster Hollywood films. So I suppose I'm only just... I. I don't. I didn't really have a problem with it, but because I've been conditioned to to understand it. Yeah, I get you. The other negative I had was and I don't know whether or not you two agree. All these characters are great, but there's just one character that slightly annoyed me because she didn't have good enough character development for my liking. That's the character of Kate or Cat, I think. That, that's is, Elizabeth Debicki's character, right? Yeah, the wife of um, Kenneth Branagh's character. Right. Uh, for for me in this day and age it kind of felt like she was playing too much damsel in distress I would have liked her character development to be a bit more oh she started off as a damsel in distress and now she's you know stronger for that uh, I think the thing I disagree with about that is, is that her husband's obviously really got a massive hold on her mm. like in that film I can sort of see what you mean, but I think especially at the moment with like the past year, I think it's quite relevant that there's people that have had a hold over their other half. Yes. And she's obviously by the end, she's kind of rising against it. So I can see why they did that. I know what you mean. Like it looks like they're a damsel in distress. I can see why you think that, but it, I yeah, also can see why they've done that. That she's always, she always seems to be asking for help. Which she, rightfully so she should be. Uh, well, the the end scene, she still asks for help. Then I just felt her character development was just a bit weaker compared to the others. I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna jump to Christopher Nolan's defence because frankly he earns a lot of money and doesn't need me to do it. <laughs> but in terms of the cat character, I feel like she kind of gets her power back by the end 
uh, especially with what happens with um, Brandon's character. Yeah. yeah. Then, and also, like, you know, she's raising up her son and she's got her life back at that point. So mm. I, I think she gets a happy ending. And to be fair, I, I've been watching a lot of um, 60s films recently and 50s films. Yeah. Yeah, cool. And, and like, it's leaps and bounds in terms of uh, writing strong female characters. I would take this any day over, even stuff we got in the 90s and noughties. Yeah, no, that's a fair point. That's what I mean. It's just it's just one of those things where I just couldn't get around my head of, like, I just want her to, for her to be a bit more confident. I, 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 I know where you're coming from, and it, it it is a sort of trope of the damsel in distress, but I think when this film labels its main character as the protagonist, um, you yeah. know that it's going to be built around him. Yeah, of course. No, yeah, I completely get uh, it. Yeah. I'd be remiss if I didn't point out the the good work that Christopher Nolan did with this film, and I, I mean, for me, it was the set pieces that he built. Yeah, and the, the yeah. action scenes themselves. I know you, you didn't like the sort of come downs in between, which I completely understand. But the, the actual, like you said, the driving sequence was phenomenal. All the backwards fighting scenes in the airport was great. Yeah, uh, I'm not a big oh, fan yeah. of that last action sequence. It's a bit confusing as to who's fighting whom. Um, yeah, I kind of feel like that as well. It kind of feels like, hang on, why am I watching a war film all of a sudden? But it's a war film where the characters aren't really kind of displayed. You're like, what? What's going on? Why are they? Why is there an explosion there? It kind of felt like a way of them just creating these like great action set pieces again. Because it looks stunning. Yeah, it, it's unfortunately it's it's cinematic porn, <laughs> and that's no, what it, he was doing with that. He yeah. wanted to do it. It's his film. Let him do what he wants. But it didn't serve the story. That last that last sequence didn't serve anything. Yeah, I think I I can see where you guys. But when I um said about the length, that was just at that point where I started to not lose interest, but sort of you know when you're checking how long's left, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. wondering when it's going to get to the you know the conclusion so i think that's a that's definitely a valid point there cinematic porn so even though nothing much is happening you're still going oh that was brilliant yeah, <laughs> yeah people fair. people enjoy porn it's uh oh, yeah. it's the thing people like oh, so. lockdown. <laughs> yeah, yeah. no comment but uh <laughs> but yeah i can he put together a, a a good film i wouldn't say it's one of his greatest films but uh, in terms of him doing a spy film, and he has always wanted to do a James yeah. Bond. He's gone on record to say it. Uh, yeah. It's probably the closest he's ever going to get to it. And he showed that he could do some of the sequences well. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah, definitely. The third film I was just going to touch on um, that came out last month, um, it came out on Netflix, and it was Chadwick Boseman's last movie. Um, it's called Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Uh, it's about a uh, jazz group, and Ma Rainey's the singer played by Viola Davis. Um, I'm aware neither of you have seen this one. No, I've not seen this one. No, that's fine. Um, Chadwick Boseman's just stunning in it. And I think it's such a shame that he showed how good an actor he was. And it's such a shame that we lost him last year because I think he, um, he had a lot more to give. If you see him in this role as well, you can sort of see he's not, he doesn't look well in it. Yeah. And, um, that's- so that's yeah. quite, um, and he's playing quite a tragic character in it as well, which it just reinforces that. So it was quite emotional in places, um, mainly about, although it's quite a lot about the song that they're doing. And it's only 90 minutes and it's set pretty much in one location within like a studio. 
but yeah, the acting is phenomenal. I mean, it's based on a stage play. Um, it's the same sort of, um, if either of you guys saw Fences with Denzel Washington, it's I've from not, the no. same set of plays as that. Yeah, um, didn't Denzel get sort of the license to do all of those plays? Yeah, he did. Um, I think he produced this. So yeah, he didn't. Right. He's not. He doesn't appear in it, and I'm not sure if he was going to appear in it at one point, but um, he decided to take a backseat on this one. But um, yeah, it's got that same sort of vibe as Fences, definitely. Um, but yeah, Chadwick Boseman. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if he got, uh, you know, the nod for an award in some form for this. Yeah, he was great. I mean, it might not be everyone's cup of tea. I appreciate that. It's um, you know, it's not like the previous film we just discussed about being um, you know, a massive spectacle at the cinema, but it's quite a nice human story and you can see people's struggles and obviously it's actually based on the real uh, woman as well. Mm. And Viola Davis is just um she's a great actress as well. I think she needs to get a few more she's been in a couple of other films. I mean, Help was another one I think where she did quite a good job and i think that's probably where she started to get more uh credit but yeah i think she's one of the best actresses around at the moment to be honest do you, do you guys a fan of her at all lewis if i'm honest and i was getting her mixed up with someone else <laughs> um if i'm honest going through her filmography i've only seen the help and suicide squad so right. two very different films for uh, Viola Davis. Um, so I, I, I kind of, you know, I'm not, I'm not a fan of her, but I'm not not a fan of her, just because I've not seen any kind of of her roles. Yeah, I mean, everything I have seen her in, she's always done. Even if I've not like loved the film, she's always done a good job in it. You know, you can. I think you can look at that aspect. You don't have to like a film, but you can still appreciate someone's performance in it. Um, and like I said, Chadwick Boseman in this just brilliant. And I just think it's such a shame what happened with him. Um, do you like any other Chadwick Boseman films, uh, Scott? Um, I mean, there's the, for me in terms of my exposure to Chadwick Boseman, there's the obvious sort of go-to. You know, he played Black Panther. Yeah, uh, which but for me, I think that's maybe a bit of an easy out. The only other film I saw him in this year, which actually is another 2020 release, is The Five Bloods. Yeah. Um, you know, and that's a, a Spike Lee film. That's another one of those Netflix releases, actually. I think same as um, uh, Ma Rainey's. That's, is that a Netflix release as well? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and that's probably the last bit of work I saw him in. And he was fantastic in that, to be fair. Yeah, were you um were you a fan of the Five Bloods overall, or just mainly his performance? Um, I I I did enjoy the film. It didn't make my sort of top films of the year list, but his performance was one of the standout performances in the film. I would say. Yeah, and bearing in mind he's not, if you added up his screen time in it, it's not um a great deal, is it? So it just shows how much of an impact he made on the film. Yeah, I mean he's not even sort of top billing on the film if you no. look at the IMDb page, but uh, I think. In terms of, but you're right when you say, in terms of it being a loss to Hollywood and cinema, and and of course the world, he had he was he was literally just starting to get to the point where he was getting those bigger films, just like the two we're speaking about. Yeah, and and I feel like it's such a massive loss in what what could have been. 
and there's there's a very sad you know in a six eight twelve months time we're going to get the disney what if uh, marvel cartoons yeah. and where right. he plays where he plays star lord instead of the black panther mm-hmm. and that will be his last bit of work that's ever going to be released and i just think that's going to be such a sad moment yeah, yeah definitely it's um it is going to be made i mean like just touching back again on Ma Rainey, obviously when it was being made, we didn't know, people didn't know what was going to happen with him. Um, so it adds a completely different layer to watching it now that he's passed away. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, um, but yeah, like I said, if it's it's a 90-minute film. If you fancy it, um, it's on Netflix. Um, yeah, I def- definitely recommend it. Um, the other films, I don't know if either of you guys caught these that I watched in December that came out, both on Netflix, funnily enough. Um, were Midnight Sky with George Clooney. I did not catch it. I've got it on my list. I'm I about... kind of caught up by George Clooney recently. I didn't. I just didn't watch it. I was about to say, if you haven't watched it, don't watch it. Oh, because um, yeah, I didn't. Um, I didn't love that one. If I'm honest, it was just what? a little bit drawn out, um, sort of predictable in places. And again, like it's very. It's a sci-fi film, but it's very dreary. And it's a two-hour-long one as well. So, personally, that would be a thumbs down for me. But I mean, Lewis, by all means, try it out. You might, you might love it. I mean, it's on my list, so I will eventually watch it. And like I say, I'm furloughed until February the 28th, so I've got plenty of time. Yeah, no worries. I mean, if you do, let me know your thoughts on it. Um, and the other one was Mank with Gary Oldman, which is the latest David Fincher movie. Mm-hmm. The did sort of he... making of Citizen Kane film, wasn't it? Yeah, did you see that? I, I didn't really enjoy Citizen Kane, so I, I didn't pick this film up. That's yeah. fair enough. I mean, I'm the, I'm a big Fincher fan, mm. so I would watch most things. He, I've watched like the TV series he did, and I've seen like, all of his films. And yeah, a few of them would be up there in my favourite films. But this one, for me, was very disappointing. Um, okay. It's another one that's had a lot of good reviews um it's also had a few mixed ones too um it's just with david fincher you he's an auteur of his work and you can normally tell when it's a fincher movie with like seven and fight club etc um this just didn't look like anything he's ever made before it was a completely different path um it's just dialogue driven the whole way through um yeah and i i mean I think it's got like a 7.1 on IMDb, so it's not a bad rating. But when you look at some of the other ones he's got, which are mostly in the eights, you can see maybe a lot of people might agree with me on it. I don't recommend that one either. So it was a bit of a mixed bag, really, last month. Yeah. I mean, it's a shame that uh, the UK haven't seen a release. There has been a cinematic release, although the cinemas were basically closed the day it came out, maybe. I don't know if it ever actually yeah. came out, but One Woman 84 would have been a good one to discuss if we had had a chance to see it. Yeah, I mean, I know it's coming out on VOD this month, apparently. Okay. Um, yeah, so, I, depending on how much they're going to try and rip people off with it, I might give it a go uh, and then talk about it on our review for the uh, in February. It's, it's, it's one of those difficult situations, isn't it, for, for companies? You think of how MGM and Eon are dealing with No Time to Die, well they've got all these these films in the can yeah they just can't put out and if they do they stand a chance of losing money and if you look at it um i was reading the stats the other day even though it's come out in america 
and some other places already. Wonder Woman eighty four. It's almost. It's. I think it's already the most pirated film. Wow. Yeah. Um, and that's and, because it's 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 out there. Yeah. <laughs> it's out there as soon as someone downloads it or you know streams it on HBO Max. Yeah. Because there's a difference between say like say No Time to Die came out today and coronavirus disappeared. Mm-hmm. Um, we'd all go to cinema to see it, but there would still be a shaky cam copy online. Yeah. And some people will watch that. That's fine. But if it's a full, you know, 4K version of No yeah. Time to Die available today, people will download it for free. Of course. It's unfortunate. Yeah. I always wait to watch film. I'm not sounding like a I'm a goody two-shoes or anything like that, but I always wait till stuff comes out and I prefer to watch it properly and at the cinema. And I'd, I'd hate to think, like, if everyone pirated stuff, we wouldn't have a cinema to go to anyway. Mm-hmm. And I know we haven't got one at the moment, you know, because of obvious reasons. But I'm sure we'll get back to that, and I can't wait. Finally, then, I was going to touch on a couple of films that are coming out uh, this month. It's pretty thin, to be honest, again, because cinemas are closed. Um, and I'm not sure if any of them are tickly or fancy, but um, there's Pieces of a Woman with Sheila Booth and Vanessa Kirby on Netflix. I've heard a lot of people going on about that, but... I'm not sure if that's because it's the only release so far this year. Um, and it sounds a little bit too heavy for me for a January lockdown. So I think I'll put that one on the back burner for a while. Um, there's Outside the Wire, which is like a sci-fi action film with Anthony Mackie on Netflix. Oh, I saw the trailer for this the other day. Yeah, it looks, again, sort of like run-of-the-mill action film. But bearing in mind, there's not a lot else coming out. I'll probably yeah. give it a whirl. There's also The Dig with Ray Fiennes coming out on Netflix. It, I've, I've got to be honest, I started to watch the trailer and kind of drifted off a little bit. But like I said, <laughs> I'll give most things a go in the end. So, um, And finally, uh, if anyone's got Apple TV, they're releasing a new film. Um, I don't know if anyone's a fan of Justin Timberlake as an actor, but uh, it's called Palmer and he's like an ex-convict coming okay. out and sort of you know starting his life again and i've got to be honest i know it's justin timberlake and he's normally a sin- singer but i don't think he's actually not a bad actor like um if either of you guys saw social network he was actually quite good in that and i think that yeah, was one of his early films social yeah. network is fine but i don't think you can really forgive in time mm. oh no that, that was bloody awful yeah it was that, that was that was pretty I, bad i think i'd like put that one to one side and now you've just brought it all back up again <laughs> so thanks for that yeah. <laughs> um yeah but he um i think when he's put in a decent film he can do a good job so but other than that yeah not a lot in january which is a shame because i was hoping like people might have pulled some more things to go to prime or netflix to keep us busy over the next month but i mean there's plenty of other stuff to watch I think- Disney Plus has us, you know, set for January watching them because they've got that one division show, haven't they? Oh, right. So yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure on that. I think, oh, I think it looks really good. So I'm intrigued. By it. Yeah. yeah, I'm hoping because I've heard it's linking up like the next wave of Marvel films bar uh, Black Widow, I think. Oh, okay. So lots of multiverse talk and stuff like that. Yeah. 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 And I, I'm, I'm interested to see how they're going to put that into this cinematic universe. Yeah, I think I'm going to wait and see sort of what feedback it gets before I watch it straight away. Um, yeah, is there any other TV shows, films you guys have got planned for the next month? I mean, I'm re-watching stuff, but I don't think there's anything new coming out for me. Uh, 
What are you rewatching? I'm currently rewatching Twin Peaks. Ah, yeah. Do you know I haven't seen that at all, but it is on the list to see. I've got it downloaded on my Sky, but <laughs> just not watched it. It's yeah. it's an insane film. Oh, sorry. It, well, the film is insane, but the TV show is also insane. You you, you have to be in the right mood. Yeah. I I binged the first season on a fourteen hour flight. Wow. Uh, and that's what that's what hooked me. I had nothing, no choice but to watch it, and I was like, okay, yeah. fine, David Lynch, let's go. Uh, and by the end, I was hooked. So this is probably my third or fourth time watching it. Yeah, I think that's the reason that you just said. I think I've got to be in a particular mood when I'm going to sit down and watch that one because I've heard different things. And obviously, David Lynch, there's some odd stuff. I mean, Blue Velvet sticks out in my mind. Do you like yeah. that one? I like Blue Velvet. Uh, Mulholland Drive is a bit of a strange one. A Razorhead. Uh, I'm not a big fan of Dune. That's one of his. Yeah, I couldn't get into uh, Dune, to be honest. I struggled with that. Um, hopefully, uh, hopefully the Denis Villeneuve one is a bit better. I mean, yeah. it did look better. Yeah, I'm intrigued, definitely. Uh, get, that's been, obviously, that's been pushed back like a whole year, hasn't it, from its mm-hmm. previous release date. But well, I'm sure we'll get to see it eventually. Hopefully, yeah. That's one of those ones, because it's owned by Warner Brothers. We might see it, we might not see it. <laughs> I um I've just finished um The Mandalorian. Did either of you guys watch that? Don't spoil it. I won't, I won't, I won't spoil it. Uh, yeah, I watched them all. I'm not the I'm not a big fan of episodic release schedule. So no. I I waited until it was finished and then subscribed for a month and that's how I basically watched Soul and everything else. Yeah. Um but so yeah, overall I think it was a good follow-up to season 1. I started season 1 last year and then I I didn't finish it off and then we picked it back up around Christmas time and um, we watched sort of an episode a day really to kind of make the most of it rather than binge it. But yeah, I think like you said, it was, it was, it was solid enough. I didn't think it was like amazing, but no. I still in, um, I still enjoyed it. Um, yeah, Lewis, definitely worth like seeing it through. It's an enjoyable season, but I binged the first series. So I'm hit, I've hit that kind of fatigue so I can't really watch season two just yet, but I'm going to. That's fair enough. But yeah, I think that's about it, really. For Like I said, this it's so frustrating because we started the podcast up and each month you think, oh, maybe in a couple of months we'll be able to talk about new releases at the cinema. And then even when the cinema's so opened then, again, yeah. hardly anything was coming out. So it's going to be some time yet before we're able to review that. But I thought it'd just be quite nice to review what we can see for yeah, you know, the previous Thanks. month gives us a new dimension to our podcast so yeah thanks again scott um where can people find you uh well they can find me basically on all social media at spyhards that's s-p-y-h-a-r-d-s so that's facebook twitter and instagram we're usually found on twitter mostly but we have a great instagram page with those of sort of movie trivia for our movie every week and uh, we have new episodes that drop every tuesday basically uh we have a few sort of bonus interview so we've had so far, we recently interviewed uh, Nicholas Meyer from the Star Trek films. And uh, yeah, so quite busy. Brilliant. Yeah, be sure to check it out. Just want to say thanks again for coming on, Scott. It's been really good to have a chat with you. It's been a pleasure to join you guys. Uh, uh, it's, uh, to be fair, it's always a thrill to talk about uh, films. It's basically why I do the podcast. Yeah, it's. I mean, for me, it's definitely a good outlet at the moment because with lockdown and not being able to meet up with people and chat about normal things yeah it's just it's great you know we're lucky to have the technology now because if this was like years ago we'd have been screwed so 
We probably were just writing letters to each other about films yeah. instead. Yeah. And then like, <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, no, we'd love to have you back at some point if we get on to some more spy movies. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, we got that boy. <laughs> Good session, Mom. We got our top of the winner. Yeah, he's oh, yeah. a good